So um, in Psalms 121, 1 through 8, it says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And I believe that this message right here is a message that every single Christian needs to tie and hold so close to our heart, right? That God is our victor. Christ is our victor. He is the one that makes it all happen. I don't look at my own talents and my abilities and even the gifts around me. I look to the hills because there comes from my help, right? The Lord of all creation. So I just want to say that uh, we are going to celebrate today and, and today we're going to talk a little bit about what victory looks like. What victory looks like. And I know that next week is our sacrificial uh, Sunday and, and uh, we're going to come and we're going to give one of the largest offerings this local church has ever given um, as we seed into the beyond vision but for today we're going to celebrate a victory right we're going to celebrate a victory so would you pray with me precious father i thank you so much for this time that we're able to come be with you we're amazed by the touch of your presence we're amazed by the work that you do in people's lives we honor you we love you in jesus name in jesus name and everybody said amen go ahead and have a seat amen so um time that I'm going to share a story uh, I was 15 it was uh, about 1985 1986 and um, I was born and raised in Iowa amen right whoop, whoop. I need my Iowa people come on right and um, born and raised in Iowa and I, I want you to know that um, our family we weren't big sports fans but we had sports fans around us um, being in Iowa, football was popular, but we didn't really have a pro team. So we had the, the Iowa State Cyclones, we had the Iowa Hawkeyes. In fact, one of my first football games that I ever went to was a Iowa Hawkeyes game, and I believe they won. <laughs> That's how I remember it, at least, right? Um, but if we liked pro football, Alex, you can help me with this a little bit. If we liked pro football, we began to look at other pro teams that were close to us that did not include Wisconsin. I know. So um, it was either the Minnesota Vikings. Come on now. Everybody's like, you're losing us. You're losing us right now. Um, or it was the Chicago Bears. I know, exciting, exciting. Now, I just want you to know that I don't remember, I, I really shouldn't throw this across, I should know my audience, but I don't remember the Packers coming up with their own song. But I do remember when I was 15 and 16, 
Alex, you want to sing the shuffle ball, the, the, the Super Bowl shuffle? No. All right, maybe Scott would, right? But they had their own song called the Super Bowl Shuffle, and, and it actually had them, uh, they, they actually had a video, and they danced, and they sang, and they kind of introduced themselves as they were singing this. And, and I, I thought it was amazing. Not only that, um, the, what made this Super Bowl stand out most, what was happening around the team. Um, the immortalization of the heroes and the game, like uh, maybe some of you might have known, William the Fridge Perry. All right? In fact, he was also added to the Hasbro toy line of G.I. Joe. I know. All right, so we're like, wow, this is amazing. And um, I share this because I think we've all come to the table with victories that we have celebrated with ourselves and with others or something that we've been a part of. And, 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 and I remember even when we would play the best football known to mankind, and that is called street football. We didn't have a padding. We did, come on now, right? We had cement, right? And the linebackers and the safeties, they were called cars along the sides, right? You literally had to catch the ball and not run into a car. That's how you play football. At least that's how I remember it, of course. <laughs> Some of those greatest moments that we will ever witness and celebrate with, however, in this context will be moments that God shows his amazing work. Those will be the greatest moments that you will have. I can tell you about times that I have been with God or felt God or seen God work in my life or in the lives of others and they are they're written on my brain and they're never coming out. I remember when I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and how I felt afterward. I remember feeling so light and so clean. I remember when I was filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and I remember the power that I felt that I have. I'm telling you that a touch from God cannot be compared to any other victory in the world. Amen. It's amazing to see God work, to witness a God moment, a God miracle. It's amazing. And that's the difference between <laughs> the Chicago Bears or any other team victory. God always wins. Somebody needs to hear me today. Some of you might be a little wrapped up and maybe you have all these things that are coming at you and you're wondering if there's a light at the end of the tunnel and I want you to know that God wins. God is going to win in your situation. It doesn't matter if you don't have the resources or the friends or, or the health. I want you to know that God is going to win because he is, well, I'm sorry, he builds himself, so he has built himself to win, right? I think about a wonderful story is the story that God used 300 soldiers to win a battle. 
it was miraculous. What I'm talking about is I'm talking about the, the story found in Judges uh, chapter um, 7. And, and maybe you can be with me a little bit and we're just kind of dabble here a little bit. But it's the story of Gideon. Right? And, and Gideon is there, and, and the Lord said to Gideon, He says, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel would claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. In other words, all of Israel had come, and they're ready to fight the Midianites and the Amalekites. By the way, in verse uh, 12, the enemy, it was as many, as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in multitude. And so you see how, how Gideon comes with the army of, 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 of the Israelites, and God says, I'm sorry, that army is too big. But it was numbered. We know that because, we know that because in the first going of letting people go, by the way, if you don't want to fight, you can leave. They were down to 22,000 people. Now, to me, that's still pretty big. Obviously, to God, that was too big as well. So he says, now, let me, let me tell you what. Here's what I want you to do. Bring them all down to the, the brook. And if they get down to the brook, and, and if they slurp up the water without looking out, then I want you to send them home. And he was left with 300. Can you imagine Gideon in this moment? Hmm, my resources are leaving, right? But here is God. God is doing this. And then God said, by the way, in case it's not bad enough, here is the strategy. Are you ready? All right, I need you to get a pot. <laughs> I need you to get a torch. And I need you to get a trumpet. Um, what, what, what about it? No, not, you don't need that. I need you to get a pot, a torch, and a trumpet. And that's how we're going to beat as many enemies as the sand by the seashore. God used their own weapons literally against themselves. It was God's victory and he used Gideon in it. See, we can be forever fans of God. We don't have to be fair weather fans, but forever fans. I think there's something to us being Praisers. I'm a praiser of the Most High God, right? I, I'm, I'm worshiping the King of all kings. I'm worshiping God, large G, right? That's who we are worshiping. Now, as we look at this, I, I want you to know that in God's realm, this really isn't that big of a deal. This isn't really that astounding since this is literally what God delights in. I feel like you need a scripture. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 through 31. Watch this. He says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put shame to the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things that are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing, the things that are. Out of nothing, something comes. And here's the reason that no 
flesh should glory in his presence. Oh, but God, I did this. Really? Did you? But of him, here, here's the key. You are in Christ Jesus. See, that's where the power is. That's, that's where the strength is. Who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that as it is written he who glorifies let him glorify the Lord in other words all of the stories and all the things that happen in life they all point to Jesus Christ hmm. using the little things of seeming seeming little value to do great things. There's a classic song, and it said this. It said, little is much when God is in it. Somebody know this with me? Labor not for wealth or fame. There is a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. I love some of those, those classics, those hymns. This has happened before with the likes of David, right? He took a shepherd boy and made him a giant killer, beloved king. God uses these instances to show that he is working and that he is alive and well and doing amazing things. So that gives me the question, how do I allow for that to happen in my life? See, I think we need to make space for God to do amazing things. Some of us are OCD. Don't look at yourself and don't look at the time. Some of us have to have everything organized down to the, the moment. And I think we got to be careful that we don't try to organize out God. We've got to be careful that we don't try to put everything... Now, now listen, I'm all about doing things with excellence. I'm all about trying to do the best that we can, but I'm inviting God to be a part of this space. Now, you may not know this. I'm sure you do, but we have a schedule for the service, but the schedule is always, if God decides to do something, there's where we go. Yes. So I was talking about the battle of 300 men to almost an innumerable uh, army. And however, many times before there's a miracle, as we notice in the Bible and watch some of the stories, God is always present in the details. You, if you look, you can find him, right? And uh, what I'm saying is someone is praying. Someone has faith. Um, someone is determined to do good and to go against evil. Uh, someone is de determined to be used by God. Anybody in the room, right? Amen. See, we're going to share a great victory that God has accomplished in LifePoint's journey towards the end. 
we're going to be able to truly celebrate something amazing that God has done to prepare us for the victory and fulfilling his, his vision and his will. But there's something about seeing a dream come true, right? There's something about a victory happening before your eyes that, that, that just allows your heart to explode, right? Napoleon Bonaparte said this, victory belongs to the most persevering. How true is that? Don't give up yet. Don't stop the faith. God's still working. And he has something that he's working in your very own situation. Let's continue to talk about Gideon. When we speak about Gideon, we usually reference Gideon's comments of being the least worthy of leading an army. And we usually speak about his fleecing. And not only did it fleece once, but he fleeced twice, right? Um, to get an answer from God. And many times we talk about faith and we talk about believing and listening to God. All great extractions of meaning from these stories. We celebrate winning an unwinnable battle with 300 men who had pots, torches, and trumpets. And, and amazing to point out God can bring victory with anything that we offer, even by himself, of course, right? This is what we talk about when we talk about the, the, the story of Gideon. But there's a powerful illustration buried here between his call, Gideon's call, and the fleece. Says. There's this powerful illustration that fits God's message, I believe, for us today. So let me set up. Israel, at that time, is following the idol Baal. They had idols set up, and they, they were pretty destitute. Food was scarce. And literally what would happen, enemies would come into their land, pillage their land, take their food, their livestock, and leave them destitute. This is the world that they're living into, okay? So a place, uh, kind of a lack of faith. In fact, uh, in fact, let me point it out a little bit. When approached by an angel, Gideon, in, in Judges chapter 6, verse 12, he says this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said, oh, my Lord. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our, our fathers told us about, saying, do not, do not the, the Lord bring us, did, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. See, so there's a moment here where, where Gideon's like trying to figure things out and he ain't got any faith. Right. Most of the messages here at LifePoint have an element of faith in them because the scriptures say in Hebrews 11:6 that without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So where do you see Gideon on the faith meter? So this starting place is always essential to the next step. The Israelites have been focusing their faith on an idol and lost faith in God. Even though they knew that God had what he had done for them in the past. So whenever you run into a problem, ask yourself, I believe we should ask ourselves, 
where is my faith? At what level is my faith at? You may end up with your faith, if you're honest, is in material blessings or it's in a person or, or our own self or even in a governmental structure. That might be where our faith is. I believe that as the Christians, as Christians, that we need to find ways to put our faith in God and maintain that it stays there. Now Gideon made a bold move. Once he discovered that not only did God know where Israel was putting their faith, but he knew as well that their faith was not being put in God. So this bold move that he needed to do was a message of allegiance. You know, kind of like, hey, here's the line. If you're on God's side, come over here. If you're on the world side, come over there, right? He needed one of those moments. And so he tears down the idol of Baal. And he begins sacrificing to God. Um, 25, chapter 6, verse 25 through 27 says, Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull, seven years old, tear down the idol of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement, and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you had cut down. So Gideon took ten men from among his, his servants and did as the Lord has said. But watch this. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. <laughs> Miracles can happen in the night, <laughs> right? See, this is what we've done. We, we've put our faith in God as we've embraced the beyond vision of God being the leading force of ministry. And when I say God, you know I'm talking about Jesus Christ yes. and his kingdom goals here at LifePoint and the McGuanagua area. And then we sacrificed. Wow. Did we sacrifice? We sacrificed to fund the mission. More on that later. It was this act that began to change the mindset and the direction of the nation of Israel. You see this? Hmm. This moment of tearing down the idol of Baal, chopping it up, using the wood for the sacrifice to God. Immediately after the idol had been torn down, the sacrifice made, the establishment of the nation pushed back. It attempted to destroy God's agent for redemption and victory. The one thing that, that they were dealing with today, they, they were being pillaged, all this stuff, and, and a voice rises up and says, hey, I know a better way, and it's God. And they're trying to kill Gideon. Watch what happens. 29. So they said to one to another, Who has done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. So they call his father. His father says, What's up? He says, Send out your kid. We want to kill him. Why do you want to kill him? Well, because he, you know what he did. He did the whole thing. Got it. Uh, yeah. 
why don't you allow Baal to stand up for himself? Why do you have to stand? Now, I think this is wise, right? Because Joash understands that Baal ain't got no power. And even if Baal did have power, power perceived, right? Which some people think is power achieved, is still a cloak of nothing. Understand me, right? Even if Baal did have any kind of influence, God has more. Right? So this is Joash, and he says, by the way, let's test the power of Baal. If Baal, have him plead his own case. Am I in the book? Conversation begins to change. Basically, why don't we let the idol God, lowercase g, God, Baal, bring his own repercussions or judgment for his act or being, uh, being torn down. For us, we're like, wow, right? The conversation shifts because if we're not careful, we can fall into the same trap of giving more power to something than it really has. The nation is beginning to realize it. Faith is building, even in an environment where there's no prospering. Faith is beginning to well up. There's, there's no accolades. There's no reinforcement or blessings. At this point, it's just one man who's torn down the idol and did a sacrifice. That's the only thing that's happened. But something is beginning to happen in the hearts of the Israelites. They're starting to remember that maybe, maybe God does see where I'm at. Maybe he does know what's happening. Maybe he has called me for this time in this moment. Maybe that's happening. And it begins to happen. And he begins to move forward. And he, he begins to, right before the fleece moment, uh, Gideon is walking and he's using his horn. He's like, and what's happening is, communities are now coming and falling in behind him as he's walking to confront the enemy. I mean, we could talk about the 300 men. We can, we can talk about that. But I want you to see the stirring that's beginning to happen in the people because they begin to lend their faith that there is a God and that God is working and he wants to do something amazing. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. See, I'm saying our victory is coming the more dedicated we are and willing to pursue the path that God has for us. You see it, right? What victory looks like was their faith was returning to God. Huh. They believed that God would do something. And this is my message today. Because of our faith and sacrifice, we are on the precipice of seeing what victory looks like. Because it's coming. <laughs> Let your enemy plead back. Let them try to bring repercussions because the pleading it has is no match for the power of God. My brother, Reverend Michael Yabinashek, who's going to be coming in July doing our dedication services, once said, he said, without the supernatural, 
We are just another religion. Without the manifested presence of God, we're just another gathering. Without the glory of God, we're just another discipline. How true is that? I want God to be here. I want him to feel comfortable in this place. I want him to see our hearts and our faith is in him. That's what I want him to see. That's what I want him to see in me. I want him to trust. I want him to trust that I will lead with faith right, in my own life, in my own family, that that's what I'll do. I, I want, uh, where does my help come from? It comes from the hills. It comes from the Lord. Amen. My help comes from the Lord who made all heaven and earth he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber or sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not, shall not strike you by day nor moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forward and even forever, forever, forever. Forever, 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 forevermore. Can we stand in this place? I wonder if there's somebody here that maybe your faith has been misplaced a little bit. Maybe you've been focusing a little too much on what's around us and maybe the, the, the attack that's coming at us. Maybe that's what's been happening. I want you to know our God is faithful. Our God is powerful and he has something for you. And I wonder if we could just, just kind of cut everything and we could just begin to surrender and raise our hands and our hope and allow our faith to rise. Right? The, 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 the horn is, is sounding. But dude, dude. The, the horn is sounding and then people of faith are falling in between, behind as to see what God is going to do. Can we just raise our hands in this place? Can we just talk to the Lord? Heavenly Father, we need you. Heavenly Father, we adore you. Heavenly Father, we, we, we are reaching for you because we need you. We believe in you. You are so amazing. You're so great. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What if we could just begin to speak out, if we could just begin to praise him a little bit, we could just invite him to be in this place and, and then to step into your situation and to understand that God has you. God is working and he does amazing stuff. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we need healings today. We need, we need your miracles to step in this room, Lord God, because that's what victory looks like, is that you're working, that you're working within our midst. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, we glorify you, for you are so good. God, you're so amazing. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus.
Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, we worship you. Oh, God, we praise you. Oh, we thank you in this place. Oh, God, for you're so good. God, you know the end from the beginning. You know where I'm at in this process. You know, you know what you're doing, and I pray, God, that you'd step before me. I pray that you'd secure the environment immediately after me, Lord, that you would guide me, that you'd lead me. I pray for your victory to be seen. I want to see what victory looks like. It's my faith unfolding before you. God, we praise you. Amen. The horn has been blown. And I need us to remember that God is with us and, and he's not going to forsake us. He has all the power. I'd like to invite me up at this time. <laughs> Over these past seven weeks we have really unpacked the vision for the beyond vision and and we have just spent some time thinking and praying and we've asked you to pray and and to think about what God is doing through you and your part and and, and really thinking about the different generations the future generations yeah. that are coming right not just our kids but our grandchildren in this place that needs to be a place of hope, a place of hope here where people can come and have their life literally changed and transformed. The washing away of their sins, of course, right? The empowering of his spirit and bringing vitality of mind and soul and physicality and miracles, yes, but also the gospel message that truth would be proclaimed. That those are that in bondage would be set free. Those that are needing some hope, right? Those that need healing, this would all happen. And last week, last week, this church stepped up in such a big way. I don't even know if I have any more tears. this church sacrificed in an amazing way. Didn't expect to have this moment before I said this. <laughs> um, it's an honor to be in a family with all of you. Twelve years ago when we came here, I never imagined this. I just looked at the people around us and I was like, this is our family and we're going to reach one soul after another. I look at these beautiful children here. My daughter was this age when we came. She came up here, not here, platform she helped. We were small and we had our kids involved in every part and that's always been a priority that we are going to love our kids and we're going to involve them as much as an adult. And I really hope as a family you've all felt that as we've grown together that we are family. Um, you spoke about faith is impossible to without faith and um, so he kind of took my notes. I didn't even know what he was going to say. I didn't even look at your notes because I didn't want to be, like, discouraged with what I felt God shared with me. Um, 
but um, there's some ladies and I who do a Devo, and this week happens to be Victory, and this morning's message in the Devo, it said, Jesus will not tell us to do something that is impossible, but he will always tell us to do something that requires faith. I don't ever want to be in a place where I don't need more faith. And he knows. And for nine years, ten years, this this place right where you're sitting and standing was empty, desolate, void of anything. Dark, cold. Yep. But it was a place that the Lord knew he was going to fill his temple here. And while we worshipped over there, we planted... In Proverbs 24, 27, it says, Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. <laughs> How wise for us. I want to please the Lord, and in order to please him, I have to demonstrate faith. And we want victory, and no victory comes without an opponent, without opposition, without a difficulty. I want victory in every part of my life. And today we have victory over the enemy who want us to discourage that we can't keep growing and planting in this community and with all these children. I'm so thankful. Okay, I am done. God is so good. We love you all so much. So when we, uh, we can have the banner come out. We're not going to show it yet. Um... We had three goals, and um, one goal was our victory goal. Praise God. God is good. Um, this will help us. This will start, start us on the process, and that was $500,000, which I remember back to the Discover Project, and we raised $100,000, and I was like, wow, and we sacrificed big then. And so I'm like, wow, $500,000. And then we're like, all right, of course, you know, there's another goal. I mean, if, if we want to do more and be able to really take it to the next level, that, that next goal is the challenge goal. And that challenge goal is $700,000. And then the miracle goal, which is only God can do it, is a million dollars, right? And uh, I just felt like, let's just, let's just see what God does, right? And as I was writing down these goals of what I felt like God was, you know, giving me some more maybe through my own mind writing down some of these thoughts I was like all right let's just let's just see what God does and what what he does it would be amazing so we decided that uh, we were going to go and move forward and just see what God does because God is working so I don't know how to transition to this but Paul right here number is a zero, so we're still at 7,582. Then the next number is a one. We just surpassed the 
amount that Discover Project did. And for the final number, we raise in pledges, go ahead,
got some cupcakes afterward. They're going to continue to sing, but you can be dismissed after I pray. Precious Father, I pray for your guidance and your leading and your direction, Lord God, as you continue to take us. Lord God, we want to see your victory. We want to see your power in this place. We want to see your anointing move and lives change. We thank you in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.